0: Hey everyone, happy second anniversary. Yeah, it's our two-year anniversary episode. Um, for Bode and I took a little bit of a different approach. We made our top four podcast episodes during the last year, um, our, our Mount Rushmore, if you will. And we also talk about the ways that we've succeeded, the ways that we've failed and see an opportunity for growth, and then also some of our goals for the upcoming year. So as we wrap out of 2022, enter 2023, we also wanna talk about the end of our second year of podcasting and the beginning of our third year, and how you can be involved in all that. I think you'll find it interesting, so let's jump right in. I'm Daniel. And I'm Forbode. And this is the Next Byte Podcast. Every week, we explore interesting and impactful tech and engineering content from Weevolver.com and deliver it to you in bite-sized episodes that are easy to understand, regardless of your background. What's up, folks? This is episode 104. Kind of crazy to think that we're 104 episodes in, but even crazier than that, it's our two-year anniversary of launching the podcast. So as you know, it's the two-year anniversary of the podcast. It's also the beginning of 2023. We're going to take this episode as a chance to kind of zoom out, talk about our favorite moments, our favorite episodes, um, some of our successes, our failures, and our path forward from 2022. And then maybe some goals for twenty twenty three, um and, and how you can be involved in, in all that. Forbo, did I miss anything?
1: No, you got it all, man. Let's hit the ground running. Year two, baby, year two.
0: Yeah, kinda crazy. <laughs> um so at the at the wrap of our second year podcasting together, um, I took a look at all the podcasts that uh we published in the last year and in twenty twenty two and kind of try to pick some of my favorites. I know you did your same I couldn't turn off my engineering brain, though, and I had to pick one based on listening statistics alone. (laughs) So really, you know, I can be soft and fluffy and say, you know, we were picking the community's favorite episode by picking the one with the best listening statistics. Honestly, though, I look at that and I go, you know, that's a golden one because I can look at data and prove it. Um, So that one for me is episode 75. Um, I'd like to think it has something to do with the title. The title is Size Matters, Tiny Biomimicry <laughs> Leads to Big Breakthroughs. Um and that episode we talked all about how engineers uh were inspired by, you know, the tiniest wonders in the world, like dandelion seeds and cilia from microorganisms um to make new devices for biosensing, for robotics, for biomedical engineering. I thought it was an awesome one. And, you know, we love biomimicry in this podcast. Um, we, we love learning from nature as a mechanism to advance our future devices, our future engineering. Um, and made even more interesting by that fact to me was the fact that they were not just being inspired by anything in nature, but, the, you know, the smallest things, the things in nature you need to go look at under a microscope to see and understand what's going on. And it was making, you know, like, like the title says, tiny biomimicry, making big breakthroughs in engineering.
1: I think, like as folks start listening to us talk more about these topics, you should start seeing like a theme of you know the topics that we think are really interesting, and biomimicry keeps coming out on top and I think at least for me, like what's so fascinating is you have some of like the greatest minds in the world, like all these great research institutions, trying to really hack the great problems. And for inspiration, they go to some of the most basic things that we can find in nature. And that's what inspires these great solutions. And I just think that's wonderful. There's there's like a real beauty to it. And I don't know, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. By the way, while we're reflecting on the past year, I really want to quickly note, because it's relevant to this specific episode. We've been killing it with titles, man. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, like our audience, we spend a lot of time to get the titles Right. Yeah, we, and we
0: spend a disp- disproportionate amount of time texting each other, know that title's better, know this title's better. I think we might spend as much time titling as we do recording for some episodes. Probably.
1: Probably. So we hope like you know, that shines and you guys appreciate it. It's, it's the little things, but we care about the details, and we yeah. hope you appreciate it.
0: Exactly. Well, and if you hate them, let us know, and let us know how we can be better, because we think we're doing all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we love these titles, so if you tell us to spend less time, we won't. Just, just so you know. Yeah. Uh. But I, I, I'm gonna try to follow that lead. Um. I picked some of my favorites. I'm, I'm a little hurt because you had already picked your favorites when I started picking my favorites, and some of your favorites were my favorites, so I had to go to my second favorites.
0: Yeah. What we should have done is like a draft. Right? Yeah. We'd take turns picking our favorites and made a draft preparation list um well, that's but, a to-do for next year you know that's exactly. that's a good that's, lesson that's learned. one of our goals for 2023 <laughs>
1: yeah. but okay so mine fairly recent episode uh ai learns to be curious that's episode 99 so the reason i love this is because it was kind of i don't know it was not easy for me to understand it and it was one of those where like i called you up and you didn't really understand it either so we were putting like you know Each of us were putting in a brain cell, and the last two brain cells were really trying to figure out what this paper was about. Yeah, and then it it was this like fun challenge of like, how do we now explain this to the audience so that it can make sense now that we were pretty sure we got it. So, just to recap, this episode was all about how you know AI is in everything. We're talking medicine, uh, self-driving cars, yada yada yada. So it's definitely uh, becoming more commonplace in our lives. But training it is actually a critical part of developing an AI model, and the faster you're able to make an ai model learn something the more effective it can be quicker so imagine if you're on the medicine side trying to detect detect cancer from scans you know you want that model to be ready Uh, as soon as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then it's also more cost effective, which means that deploying it becomes more uh, scalable. It can reach more people. It won't have to be contained to a select group of people. And reinforcement learning is a very popular method of developing AI. It's where you say, hey, you did something good. Here's a reward or you did something bad. You get punished. And what that's generally resulted in is models that are either really good at exploration, which is going out and finding like new novel things or exploitation, which is like, really doing the same thing over and over again repetitively and getting it right and the analogy that we used which you know we borrowed from the paper is imagine if you're going out to dinner and you hit go to reliable olive garden which is not going to be exciting but you know it's going to you know it's going to it's food it's it's sustenance uh, you'll you'll not be hungry when you leave yeah or you can take a chance go out into the world try the new italian place and it might be good or it might be bad and what these folks were trying to do is find a model that's robust by balancing between these two things, a model that can actually do both when, when, when prompted to, when the situation or like pushes you to be exploring new options, do that. But when it's not time to explore, keep staying on the same track and exploiting over and over again. So I thought that was really fun.
0: Yeah. I I thought it was super interesting. I also remember us struggling to understand it. And like for folks that don't know hopefully they know by now but for folks that don't know right our whole mission in creating this podcast was to try to make technology that seems intimidating that seems out of reach to a lot of people that don't have a technical background um and that includes us on the ai front right neither of us of neither of us are computer scientists or understand artificial intelligence all that well, right, right? We're, we're as layperson as it gets when it comes to ai try to understand that information and digest it and deliver it to everyone in a way that, you know, is not intimidating to understand. And this one is one of the first topics in a while that I've been truly intimidated before we start. Because we're getting a lot of reps in, right? We're we're reading new articles every week, we're practicing, we're learning more. This is one of the ones that really made us take a pause um and take a second to distill a really complex idea into something that we were able to understand and use that as a litmus test for someone else being able to understand because we don't have the technical background. I thought it was great. Um, it was really challenging. It was also one of my favorite episodes. And to be honest, I was going to put it on my list, but then I didn't because I knew you would put it on yours.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Look at that. Look at this relationship showing its strength on the second year anniversary. I love it.
0: Yeah. Well, well, on our second anniversary party, right, let's, I, I want to bridge in a similar topic. And like you said, you can see a lot of themes developing um, throughout our podcast, um, throughout the history of the podcast it's not just topics that we're interested in. I think that these themes are topics that are changing the world, right? Mm-hmm. You you will see, in my opinion, right? A lot of the world's greatest advances over the next couple of decades will come from biomimicry because we see a lot of cool technology that that's being developed with that theme. Another theme, and it's probably the loudest theme in my head that I can think of right now is artificial intelligence. AI. Right. Um, so, you know, Jumping off the springboard that you set with AI learning how to be curious, um, we talked about a very specific curious AI model called DALI. Um, yep. And how DALI was you know originally from a team at OpenAI and there's a team at MIT that was learning how to optimize with the most creative AI in the world, DALI, to get even better at creativity. So they talked about how they can combine the outputs from Dolly, from other different types of creative AI models and help it to be more rigorous at generating art and generating ideas that are complex, because those are some of the ways that Dolly has struggled. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I've got some friends who are using Dolly 2 um, to create some unique original artwork and then they print it on shirts and sell it. And they nice. said they spent you know hours and hours trying to get Dolly 2 to try and understand exactly what they were saying um, and I think one of them, he was like trying to make a t-shirt with the Pepe, the frog meme on it. But like, I think acting as like famous monarchs from history or something like that, but it, you know, it took him really, really long time. It was a Machiavelli Pepe. It was, it took him so long to make a Machiavelli Pepe because he was trying to understand, like trying to explain to Dali, like all, you know, I want the head turned like this. I want him holding, um, a glass of tea. I want him wearing a big red robe, right? it. it Dolly doesn't do well when you give it a lot of multiple prompts mm-hmm. um, and it starts to confuse the words with one another and it's really bad with spatial settings as well. Right. Um, and when I say bad, I don't mean it because it's, you know, the most incredible thing I've ever seen to date, the fact that you can type some words in uh, to an AI model and it generates an image for you. That being said, it struggles or or it could has room for improvement with spatial, with, you know, things with colors, stuff with lots of descriptors, um, you know, prompts with lots of items. And this team from MIT found a way to use the strengths of other AI models that aren't as popular as Dolly, but kind of make a composite of all those different outputs um, and, and you know, choose the, the best output for the person who's providing the prompt. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, obviously, Dolly's like in a lot of the headlines and I've got friends using it to make cool t-shirts and stuff like that. But I, I honestly think that shows a theme here that, especially with OpenAI, their whole mission is to make their tech stack available to everyone, um, you know, for a fee, you can use their services. And then that that just helps them keep the lights on. And you can use this technology to go do whatever you want in the world. Um, this team from MIT is proving that if you've got this access to OpenAI and you can use Dali, there's tons of things that you can do. Um, and there are even ways that you can make it, you know, you know, improved from where it already is and I, I already think it's amazing right
1: yeah no i'm with you i think when we were doing the episode what you and i both said is like if we open up our twitter app right now it is like 50 percent just talking about dolly and now you know we're a couple months later now it's all chat gpt right yeah, which is also like, open ai it's also open ai which is you no know, we should probably do an episode just on them and all the other projects yeah. that they've taken on but it just goes to show that like like you said, we're trying to cover the things that are really impactful, that are going to make their presence known in most people's everyday life. And what I thought, another aspect of Dolly that I thought was really interesting, I'm pretty sure we touched on it during the episode is like the ethics of AI. I think one of our first, like somewhere in the first 10 episodes we did, we were talking about ethics of AI.
0: six or something like that. Really yeah. early one talking about how AI becomes biased. And it's exactly,
1: right? exactly. It becomes biased. I think it was like, Amazon using AI and then it was using like strong male language and it was filtering out like female applicants and it, that was like a whole mess. So it brought up like this question of like, well, AI has become more commonplace, but like, what about the ethics of it? And now you have Dali, which is generating, like you said, art, which shouldn't be a bad thing. Like who, who would hate that? And then you realize, well, like it's actually trained on images that people have put on the internet. A lot of these people who made the images are artists who have worked very, very hard to come up with like an art style. And that art style might be unique. And now you have this thing scraping it, being inspired by it, and then spitting out images for free. And now that's bringing complications into it. So it's like we're going into this unknown. It has so many different complications and we're all just in it for the ride. And we're trying to figure out how to be smart about it, how to, how to like leverage it properly, like this great new power that we're wielding, which I think, I don't know, us talking about it makes me have like new perspectives on these issues and learning about what other folks are doing. It's it's a learning process for me from again where we started to where we are now two years later.
0: Yeah, no, I I I'm with you, man. And I think, you know, going back to the original kind of bridge here into this topic, right? We're going to see AI change the world. We're gonna to continue to cover mm-hmm. and to share as much information as we can around AI. Um and, you know, as people who aren't artificial intelligence experts or you know working on that as part of our profession, um, we will do our best to continue to make it, you know, less intimidating and make it more approachable and more easy to understand because I, I, I do think people deserve the ability to understand what's about to change the world around them.
1: I'm with you, I'm with you. And speaking of things that could change people's lives, uh, I'm gonna go into another one of my favorite episodes of this year, and I think this one really hit home for both of us because if, if you, I Figure most people that listen to the podcast are just like on the audio side, like you don't actually watch our videos or anything. But if you do, even if it's the shorts, you will probably notice that Dan and I have pretty, pretty deep dark circles around our eyes. And it's because we don't sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> we just generally don't sleep well. So then we did an episode on episode 90, solving the billion person sleep problem. And it just felt great to know that we're not alone, that there's almost a billion people who suffer from like, various sleep disorders, and about 80% of it go undiagnosed, which is wild, especially when you take into account that this was in the article, uh, obstructive sleep apnea can cause fatigue, obvious, sleepiness, obvious, but then cardiovascular issues, which is like a huge problem, especially as people yeah, start I to I
0: remember age. seeing like increased level of heart attacks, increased <laughs> risk for strokes. I mean, it was...
1: A real wake up call you know
0: if yeah if it if it wasn't nightmarish, it would actually encourage me to go back to sleep, but instead <laughs> it's a nightmare,
1: but yeah it was, it was so crazy to me, <laughs> and then the eighty percent undiagnosed you're like how how can that be a thing, and then you realize that like the methodology that doctors have been using for years to diagnose this problem and study it is actually very antiquated like. They wire you up. Like, you got to put this headrest on when you go to sleep. You usually got to do it in a clinic. You can't bring it home with you. Like, it's not feasible for most people. And therefore, most people just go undiagnosed. Yeah, I mean,
0: if, if you can sleep well, hooked up to instruments, and in a clinic instead of your own bed... <laughs> then it's not for you. You probably don't have sleep disorders, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah. So, so, for the people who are having trouble reaching deep sleep, who are suffering from sleep apnea, um, you know, we kind of wanted a way... Or these researchers wanted a way to be less invasive, yeah. right? So that you have a better chance at capturing at least another large percentage of those 80% of people who suffer from sleep apnea might have the side effects, might un- end up suffering the consequences, but didn't have the opportunity to get diagnosed by a doctor.
1: Right, right. And the way they did it was wearables, which is another theme that our listeners have probably noticed, another thing that we're super passionate about, Um Dan has his Apple Watch on all the time. I've been experimenting with different wearables. I had the Whoop Strap. I think it's going to be like, I don't know. People are attached to their phones nowadays. Like I I don't know anyone that does anything without their phone. I think wearables are going to become the next phone-like thing that we're going to carry with ourselves all the time.
0: I I already feel incomplete without my Apple Watch because I
1: rely on it, right? There you go. Tim Cook got to you. And they're probably going to get to the rest of us. Because again, uh, like, correct me if I'm wrong. You use it more than I do. But the value add of having it on you is just so great. Like, it gives you insight about your sleep. It tells you about how many calories you're burning, like how well you're doing. And then you get, like at the end of the year or at the end of the month or at the end of the week, you get like this chart of your performance and you can compare it month to month to month. It's yeah, just great. I,
0: I love data. It gives me notifications every once in a while about my trends. So it's like, hey, you know, if you've been working out, but actually your average number of minutes worked out is trending down. But maybe that's okay because your average calories burned is going up. So maybe you're doing shorter, more intense workouts. I love having that data exactly. to be able to inform my decisions. Um, but beyond that, it's just super convenient, right? Like I, and this is coming from someone who loves watches. I'm a watch enthusiast, just like you For forebode. It pains me that I want to wear my Apple watch <laughs> more than one of my mechanical watches because I appreciate the engineering in a mechanical watch so much. But honestly... It's super convenient and it's super interesting for me to be able to collect all that data just by wearing something on my wrist.
1: And like right now, for most part, the people who have wearables, that data is for themselves, right? What we're seeing more and more coming out of these like various research projects is if you share this with a research institution or you know ideally your doctor's office, they can start analyzing that data and have much greater insight on how you're doing. So like in this study... This is, uh, I think, the Technical University of Eindhoven. Yeah, Technical University of Eindhoven. They were like, look, we can collect your respiratory data and um, we can layer this deep learning model that can filter out noise introduced to this data from like you putting too much pressure on it or movement and then really understand um, if you're, suffering from sleep apnea or not. And they tested it. They trained it with like an X amount of patients. Then they ran it against another set of patients. And it turns out that the data they were getting was pretty spot on with this like gold standard technique that doctors have been using forever. So what that means is that now this thing that was super, super invasive and annoying and 90%, 90% of us never wanted to do can now easily do by just wearing your Apple watch, which you already do. And how amazing is that? Like this, this treatment that you could only get in a doctor's office can now just be with you at all times, no expense to you. Just do the thing you always do. And you're going to have more insight to your health and probably avoid all this uh, cardiovascular issues. That's going to be caused by your ongoing sleep apnea. Damn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I've got the challenge where I just like to work on stuff in the middle of the night and I like to work on stuff late early in the morning. So I, I don't like I kind of despise sleep um, in terms of like, I feel like it's a waste of time, but honestly, this is like this, these studies alone are like, Hey, maybe I should get myself back in bed. And maybe one day my watch will be able to tell me if I'm having sleep disorders. Cause a lot of people, um, you know, they, they get their eight hours a night and they're in bed and they don't understand why they're not reaching deep sleep. They don't understand yep. why they're not feeling refreshed and something like their Apple watch um, or their, android watch or their alexa or whatever wearable they're wearing could at some point in the future let them know what's going on
1: 100 percent, man
0: um i'm like looking at the clock here and realizing we could talk for hours and hours and hours about our top episodes we've now rounded out a top four um okay. each of us have our top two i'd like to i think i think four is probably a good place for us to like cap it off point people we've got a variety of topics what I do want to do is like do an honorable mention of some of the other ones that like do would it. have just made our top four. Um, at least a couple that I've got written down episode 87. Um, this uh, if I remember correctly, it was a team of siblings from MIT um, that are making turbines that, you know, help improve or actually, I guess zoom out a little bit. Dams are really, really bad for the environment, but we right. want to be able to use hy- hydroelectric power for everything. Um, this team of siblings that both went to MIT um redesigned turbine blades to help improve hydroelectric power so that it's less impactful on the environment and more sustainable more truly sustainable because oftentimes we talk about sustainable energy as something that you know doesn't emit you know doesn't emit gases into the atmosphere doesn't require fossil fuels um the other part of the sustainability is that it's not destroying our entire water ecosystem exactly. so that's something that I wanted to add to my uh honorable mention. The other one is another AI topic. Um, there's a team from Carnegie Mellon that's using AI to predict sports games. They could like up to I think 46 steps in advance. They could predict with 80% accuracy what volleyball players on a court were going to do. So that was a great if, episode. I if love either that one. of those interest you right outside of our top four episode 87 for turbines episode 93 for AI predicting sports games.
1: Love that. And you know what, while we're at it, let's talk about successes and failures throughout the past year so successes i love that we switch to one topic per episode and based on the numbers i think our listeners really like that too i think it's led to more engaging conversations now we're not so stressed about you know we have this finite amount of time there's a short-form podcast we don't want to go on too long so i'm not worried about like trying to squeeze everything in and there's like this like x amount of minutes and you're not either so we can just get the topic out of the way and then let the conversation flow and dig into the bits and pieces that we found interesting, which I think that's the folks found interesting too.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I think it, you know, we've been slowly calibrating or slowly finding our way to the right answer, I think, which is, you know, picking one topic, being able to dive in deep enough depth, but also choosing topics that are worthwhile of talking about for 20, 25, 30 Agreed. minutes on our own. Um, as opposed to, you know, taking such a shotgun approach and trying to pull in as much information as we can from different different places. Um, I also want to call on, I, honestly, a success for us. I think we've done pretty well in growth. Um, we've done well with a worldwide presence. So we've reached more countries than ever. Um, Spotify told us this year that we were in the top 10% of podcasts shared all around the world. Um, I forget. I think it's listens, note, Listen Notes tells us we're in the top 3% of podcasts in the world. Um, But honestly, one of the things that we set out to do when we first started the podcast was to reach a lot of people in different countries. Our podcast was played in over 50 countries in the last year. And even though we're experiencing 50% year over year growth, pretty consistently, right? Uh, You know, however many downloads we get this month are more than 50% what we got this month last year. Right. Um, Even though we're experiencing that much growth, our amount of listenership in the US, which is where we're based is actually decreasing, which is cool, which means that as a share of total listenership, the rest of the world is actually growing faster than the U.S. is, which I, that's I think is super interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. It's so funny looking back. When we, when we back did at our like...
0: Zoom out this time last year, about 50% of our listenership was from the U.S. Um, it's dipped below 50%. Now it's around 43 or 44% wow. of U.S. listeners. So um, our friends around the world, outside the U.S., we appreciate you for listening, and you're a big part of what we deem to be a success and a big reason why we keep
1: going with this. Right. Thanks for rocking with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and I thing we, we've done well, I'm going to shout it out real quick. The video and audio has become much more consistent. Like I went back and I listened to some of the episodes from like early year one and the videos from year one, a little rough, but now I feel like we've really gotten to the right rhythm. What yeah, do you think?
0: I, I, I agree, man. I think we've gotten better at video. Um, I think we can still continue to get better at video in terms of reaching people on social media platforms. Um, we were just shooting the breeze before we started recording. You know, We talked about this guy who's been on YouTube shorts for only a couple months now. Um, and he's already reached over 450,000 people. He's got over 450,000 subscribers. I would love to be able to leverage this content beast that is short term <laughs> video um, and continue to be better. Um, and I think, one other room for growth I see for us in 2023 is being better at engaging our community. I think that's something that we did really, really well at the beginning of the podcast. We've kind of gotten in this groove where, you know, if people suggest us a topic, maybe we don't go do, the, go do that extra um, 30 minutes of elbow grease or that 30 minutes of legwork to figure out what that topic is and bring it in. I would love to continue to be responsive to the community and be even more responsive to the community in 2023 than we were in 2022.
1: Some solid goals right there. I love I think,
0: it. I think they are. And I, I, I think as you know, we said in the future we're gonna do a draft. I think it'd also be great if we can reflect on our previous goals and see how we did.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And I, while we're at it, I'm gonna add better swag to it. Twenty twenty three is the next bite swag year. So be uh, on the lookout for that.
0: Yeah, well and we will say we've we've got a little something brewing. I think <laughs> we'll we'll reach out to a couple of members of the community. Let us know. Reach out if you're interested in being a part of it. Um, we I think we're gonna be getting a facelift soon. Um, not for Bo and I, even though that's much needed. Um, the the podcast album art, everything. We're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of revamping to our branding because when we first started, honestly, it was like something we slapped together in a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, and yet you still rock with us for two years. So yeah, thanks guys. I feel like that's a good note to end the episode on. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. Thank you everyone for an awesome 2022 and for an awesome past two years of the Next Bite Podcast. We look forward to the next you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand episodes with you. We appreciate everyone for listening and sharing and being a part of it.
1: Couldn't have said it better. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And as always, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. That's all for today. The Next bite podcast is produced by Wevolver. And to learn more about the topics we discussed today, visit com. If you enjoy this episode, please review and subscribe via Apple Podcasts spotify or one of your favorite platforms i'm Forbode. and i'm daniel thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode